Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Whoa, That Old Queen, a candid and adult take on queer life quandaries at a certain age. So please listen at your own discretion. Presented by Bernie and Tommy, the views here are purely those of the content providers and in no way reflect those of any service you may hear this program on. Now, please at your ears be upstanding for the <coughs> old queen. Hello, Tommy. How are you doing on this lovely sunny day? Oh, I need to switch your mic on. <laughs> um, I mean, I have to, I have kind of thought about keeping it off the whole episode, but no, I don't think I can do that. <laughs> How are you doing on this lovely sunny day? I'm all right. Yeah, I said it's not that sunny here, and, oh. and we're only and we're only five minutes walk from each other. It's really sunny here. I don't know what's happening over you. You've got a big black cloud over your house. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> it started off quite nicely this morning because I was listening to Desert Island Discs. Oh yeah, which has kind of taken on a new dimension in these times. I think. Um, and we're and all on a desert island. Yeah, and you're just kind of thinking, like, what are the things that I really need and cherish? Yeah. Um, and they have this amazing woman called Sinead Burke on, who is a kind of disability activist and educator. And she was actually the first uh, small person to appear on the cover of Vogue magazine. Um, and she's just such a warm, amazing character. And she sort of talked about how, how, she, how she really found her place within the LGBT community in Ireland because she used to love going out dancing and clubbing. But she felt quite in, in danger in a lot of heterosexual spaces because, you know, people would get really drunk and then just go up to her and start throwing her around the club. Oh, but in, like, gay spaces, there was none of that, and she was totally accepted for who she was. So I felt quite grumpy this morning, and then when I listened to that radio show, I just felt so much more positive. 
Yeah. Well, we kind of accept everyone in our spaces, don't we? And it's it's just like, and we respect them as well. Well, I think we try. Yeah, M- most of us do. Yeah, that's a lovely story. Mm. I love that. Anyway. Are you um, when you come onto the to like podcasts or I've been doing like Instagram things, I keep just cleaning my teeth as if I'm going out, but there's actually no need, is there? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It depends how big their screen is, I guess, to see if you've got any cabbage in your teeth. I can't see that you've got any cabbage in your teeth. I don't think I have. No, have you been? I have have got cabbage for my tea. (laughs) Have you? (laughs) Uh, But you haven't had it yet? No, but it's yesterday's cabbage, so I guess it could be residue from yesterday. Yeah, maybe. But no, You, you you look beautiful, Tommy. I wouldn't worry about your teeth. Um, what what have, what have you got for me today? Um, in terms of um, what that really old queen? Yes, I've got this uh, coward, um, Elmer Dehori. Elmer Dehori. Elmer Dehori. I think yeah. I might be a bit Dehori after this lockdown is over, with a W. Yes, I think we're likely to all be a, a bit. <laughs> that way. Yeah. So Elmer Dehori, famous art forger. Yes, a famous art forger. Yeah, and it's uh, and it's it, it's it's rumored that he's have he has sold over a thousand of his artworks of his art forges to very reputable galleries and museums. So prolific. But and yeah, I bet there may be quite a few works of art that they think are original, which are probably his by the sounds of it. Exactly, yeah. Like listening and, and hearing and reading about his story, really, because it just opens up a whole philosophical um, questions and ideas around, like, what is real anyway? Yeah, exactly. I mean, in, especially with something which is completely arbitrary, like art, mm. you know. Great. Okay. Well, that's good. We can discuss that at length. We've got Kink My Bluff coming up in a minute. And then we've got a, we've got another guest, haven't we? Carl Harrison. Carl Harrison, yeah. Or Calamity Jane, who runs a <laughs> um, who runs an exercise class from Wednesday to Saturday on Facebook called uh, Camp Fit. And I think it's been voted one of the top online exercises to do by, is it The Independent or The Guardian? I can't remember. Great. Okay. Well, um... Well, let's get stuck in. Should we go um, Instagram live and do some kink my bluff? I'm charging my phone as we speak. <laughs> Have I got to wait for it to charge up? <laughs> no, I mean, it's almost <laughs> We're ready. I'm ready. Nice tube. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll, I'll do the old switcheroo. Hey, Tommy. Hi there. <laughs> How you doing? We're very promiscuous on our platforms tonight. Promiscuous? <laughs> On our on our platform, <laughs> we're on all platforms this evening. We're running Zoom, <laughs> Zoom, Instagram. I mean, I've got uh, Tommy's cock cam uh, going all the time. Obviously, uh, hello, licked it, so it's mine. The purchase. Oh, what happened there? Anyway, um, shall we? <laughs> let's let's play kink, kink my bluff because <laughs> otherwise I'm. G- just gonna get you know cut off again somehow right yeah okay let's play kick my bluff (laughs) 
Right, Tommy. Shall I go first? Okay. Okay, the word I have is timophilia. Got lots of philias for you today. Uh, and I could do with a few philias myself. Um, so timophilia refers to those who are sexually aroused by wealth or status. Some people like Caligula, the ancient Roman emperor, like to take treasured objects to bed with them. Or does it relate to the plethora of things that you can do with the herb thyme, kink or bluff? I think it's a kink. I think I met someone that had this kink at a wedding. Did you? Did they bring loads of kind of gold objects to bed with you? Well, I wasn't involved in that all. <laughs> oh, okay. But they whispered in the ear that they, that they like really posh boys. Ah, uh, okay. So they like someone with money. Um, the Birches says Caligula. They actually found oh, I didn't hear what you said then. I, I just said that they actually find it sexually attractive at turn on. Right. Okay. I can reveal it is a kink. You're right. Great. <laughs> so I'm talking pegging. Pegging? Pegging. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is it a woman penetrating a man um, using a strap-on? Mm-hmm. Or is it B, basic uh, kind of language or code for when people living in neighboring caravans put out different pegs on their line to indicate whether they're open and ready to receive guests or not? (laughs) Well, you have a little code like that outside your back door, don't you? Well, I just leave the door open. (laughs) Door on latch. Um... I think it's a kink. I think it is the lady uh, fucking a man. Yeah. Yes. The lady. Yeah. It's a kink. I mean, right. obvious one, but... Well, you know, it's not that obvious. I liked it, pegging. I was wondering... Uh, also, okay. pegging female. Female to female. Yeah, I can see that. that thanks, David, for um, reminding us. Um. Oh, I, I thought it could be both. I thought it could have been like a trick one, like you did the other week, but obviously not. Okay, let's move on to mine. Nasophilia. Nasophilia. Is it the study of noses of all shapes and sizes, or is it a getting aroused from the sight, touch, or act of licking a nose? King I Paul. think that's the key. I think that's a kink as well. You think it's a kink? Um, yeah. Have you ever licked noses? Yeah, yeah I mean, not, not deliberately so, but licking everything, really. By accident. <laughs> Were, you meant to be licking... <laughs> Were you meant to be licking something else? <laughs> mm, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it is a kink. You're right. Actually, I've got a bit of extra. I'm up. You're cleaning up tonight. I've got a bit of extra history on this. Um, Because apparently uh, Eskimos and the Sioux Indians used to do a lot with noses. Like uh, Eskimos used to rub noses. So they think it might strain from that. But Magnus Hirschfeld 
related to a, a case of a young writer who made wax noses and put them over his own nose, admired himself in the mirror, and with slight manual manipulation, he brought about ejaculation. And another uh, guy who would hire a gay prostitute, take him home and having placed a wooden clip over his nose, had the prostitute pull on the attached string while saying, I hope this nose is going to be so big that everyone will be surprised at it. And this was necessary to induce orgasm. There you go. Have you... <laughs> oh, no. I think I've just creamed my pants. <laughs> why, why for reading Wikipedia page? <laughs> Your nose has grown. Have you been lying to me? <laughs> I, I'm never... I'm never a step away from a fake nose in my flat. <laughs> I, do you know what? I didn't know that, but um, I feel like I don't have enough fake noses in my flat <laughs> right now. Okay. Flattering look, is it? <laughs> you look a little bit like the child catcher from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> 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 Which is not a bad look in my view. Have you got one more for me? One more for you, yeah. Okay. Uh, so this one is queening. Queening? Is it, wow. Queening, yeah. Is it a glamorous term of just sitting on someone's face? Or is it B, when a female uh, work associate is given a job in a large corporation where she actually has a lot of, pat like she has, she retains, oh, I'm going to read it. A top promotion retains little power, but is in a large corporation. A bit like the Queen. Queening. I, yeah, I. I think it's the I second one. one. <laughs> can, can Incorrect. You not, can you, uh, it's not. It's when you sit on someone's face. Yes. Oh. What shame! I think you're beating me this this week. I've got one more for you. Okay. And if you get this wrong, I'm going to take a point off. <laughs> and then we're even. Not that I'm, you know... Uh, you're quite competitive. I'm you. not competitive at all. I don't know what you, you're talking about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, hello, Alex Stevens. Zelophilia. Is it becoming aroused by jealousy, triggered by either party becoming jealous? Some take their partners to a group sex situation... Do you remember those? So that they get attention from others and get ex intense sexual arousal from seeing them get approached or succumb to sex with somebody else. Like a cuckold videos on the, on the pornography channel. I imagine, so I've never watched anything like that. Or <laughs> is it someone who studies uprisings where the word is derived from the first century zealots who rebelled against the Roman Empire. All right. Can you, because when you said the word initially, it broke up, so I didn't really hear the word. Zelophilia. So could you just repeat the word? Zelophilia. Sorry, say it again? Zelophilia. Zelophilia. I think it's a kink. Oh, you're right. It is a kink. <laughs> well done. You've completely cleaned up this week. God damn it. Uh, but I will have my Wurengi. 
<laughs> next week. <laughs> Hello, Matthew Austin. You've just missed all the kinks or the and the bluffs. Uh, sorry. And uh, that's the end of Kink My Bluff. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. I love the nose. <laughs> right, so what have we got? Um, we've got What That Really Old Queen, as we yeah. wait for Carl to join us. Um, so let's go into the world of art forgeries. Um, do you know what? I love Orson Welles, and I have watched the film where this guy appears with Orson Welles. It's called Fake, isn't it, or something, or F is for Fake yeah. or something. And yeah. uh, I, I really want to watch it again. That, so maybe you could talk about that a little bit. Well, I haven't watched it in ages, so I, I was thinking oh, I want to watch it again after we've talked about this guy. But it's a documentary, isn't it? Yeah, about um, fakers and forgers. And, and I think f- yeah. fakery is quite close to the world of lgbtq plus people because when you're living in a heterosexual society you sometimes have to fake it don't you you have to try and fit in with that exactly yeah are we actually recording that yeah (laughs) (laughs) sorry i record everything (laughs) because um because actually that's exactly what i noted really and also just to kind of extend on that point that that's why this character, well, it was actually sent to me, like one of the listeners said, oh, you should do this for what that really old queen. Um, Someone called Richard sent it to me. And I was intrigued by this because when I make my shows, which are often about LGBT communities, like memories of a certain place or a certain time in history, like I always give room for what I call the unreliable witness. So the person that makes up the shit because actually they provide that kind of necessary element of, of fantasy or like a completely different narrative to, to the story, really. Yeah. So it's really, um, it's really interesting to think about um, Almir in terms of that role within his life story. So he was born in um, Budapest, and yeah, he was a famous art forgerer. Um, he referred to himself as famously infamous. And one of his quotes was, would you prefer a bad original or a good fake? Um, I, lo- I, I prefer a good fake every prefer, time. <laughs> good fake. Yeah, I think I'm the same, yeah. Um, so I read about his story and watched this film, The Art, Life and Crimes of Elmir Horry. Um, and you've seen you've seen the film you said yeah and it's quite intriguing really like how he he came like what he made up and what he what he told people well Um, there's i mean people don't really know what's the truth do they it's a bit baron munchausen because he embellished his life so much that what's true and what's fiction gets a bit blurry sometimes doesn't it yeah, so he would often masquerade as like uh, a down at hill uh, son of ambassador who was who had all this artwork that he was trying to 
get rid of because he didn't have any money. Um, but before all of that kind of kicked in, he survived the Holocaust. He was put in prison for being gay and Jewish. Um, both his parents were Holocaust survivors as well. And he trained at an art school. And actually throughout his whole life, he always has been someone that keeps trying to return back to creating his own artwork. And he never quite succeeds with that, really. And I, I think it starts by him, you know, just doing work that was kind of inspired by Picasso in France. He was painting those um, images and this woman coming up to him and saying, oh, this work is a Picasso. And he's saying, oh, do you think it is? And she says, of course it's a Picasso. I want it. And he's like, well, you can have it. Um, it's 50 pounds. And he, he, he was really surrendered. He just like kind of took it and felt kind of quite guilty about it. Then it kind of opened up a doorway in his head and thought, actually, I could really get away with this. And a lot of his work, work that he forged was kind of the Picassos, the Matisses, those kind of work. Later on, um, he moves to America and travels around. He um, meets different people who act as agents. Alexa, stop. What happened there? I think the gremlins are with us tonight. <laughs> <laughs> maybe the the gate the ghost of uh this forger is um picking no. on us <laughs> um and when he goes to america he's kind of painting like lots of pictures of poodles and things like that mm. and like just doing okay really i think he has a brief affair with someone that makes the coins for judy garland Right. So he's having like a gay old time in America. <laughs> Sounds like it. Um, Painting poodles. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and in Palm Springs, oh, in Palm Springs. In Palm as well. Springs, you only want to paint poodles in Palm Springs, nowhere else. <laughs> Um, and then he meets a couple of guys. Some of them he's romantically involved in. One of them acts as an agent. I think he's called Fernando Legros. And they sort of fall in and out of friendship together until eventually he kind of gets found out that he's doing a forgery and goes off to live in Ibiza. And actually, he's kind of a quite he's quite a figure that's really associated with Ibiza. Yeah, um, he moved to Ibiza in the 1960s, and actually, Ibiza in that time was quite a primitive place. They didn't have any electricity or anything like that. Oh, wow. um, and there he is acting as like, so these, these guys that are living in America act as agents and they're selling his work. Um, he develops a celebrity status in Ibiza wow. until he gets um, arrested for forgery and being a homosexual. But actually, doing forgery isn't a crime um, unless, you, unless you would write like Picasso on the painting. Yeah, so he was... He was put in prison for a for a year right. um, and was banished from Ibiza. Carl, our guest, has just turned up. And I always Hi. want to say, like, when people turn up, I always just want to, when I'm talking about the really old queen, I want to, I just want to clarify, I'm not talking about you, Carl. <laughs> we're, we're talking about an art <laughs> forger. Well, never know. <laughs> <laughs> but hello, Carl Harrison. Hiya. Welcome to What That Old Queen. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Good. Thanks. Well, we'll come on to you in a minute, but let's let's carry on with this famous yeah, gay so art we're forger. We're just finishing off, Carl. Um, so he, 
so in this time, like he was, yeah, he was banished from Ibiza. And then when he returned, he kind of really enjoyed this celebrity status and hung out with like people like Jar Jar Gabor and um, Ursula Andrews. And in this film, there's all this footage of like him walking around Ibiza and he's got these sort of, it's just like, it's the look is very me. It's very sort of silk, <laughs> silk shirts, right. like a straw, um, a straw uh, bag and like gold, big gold buckle belts. And he's just sort of chatting. Um, and, and then again, he does try and create his own artwork and he doesn't succeed. You know, again, that kind of happens. And eventually he um, commits suicide. But there are rumours that he that he didn't actually commit suicide. That, that whole thing was a fake as well. <laughs> it sounds like so much of his life was a fake. Like yeah. fake, fake names. <laughs> I, I quite like the story in the ward that um, before he was put in a concentration camp and was arrested, he had an affair with uh, a, a British secret agent, yes. like a gay James Bond. Can I and quickly actually, ask who are you talking about? Sorry? Uh, who are we talking about? Can I quickly ask who? Yeah. We're talking about Elmir Hore, who was a, an art forger. Okay. I mean, he's really old school. So <laughs> he's he's pretty niche <laughs> in yeah, terms yeah. of fact. <laughs> yeah. But but there was something about that time actually that a lot of gays were did become spies. Mm. I think I think um, I think we're brilliant at being spies or forgers or certainly you know historically because uh, as we said before when you're when you're gay or lesbian, or any of the LGBTQ plus alphabet, and you have to live in a straight society, there's part of you that has to kind of conform to that and hide behind that. And yeah, and well, so specifically in this era, like when he was yeah. arrested for being gay. It yeah, when, it, when it's against the law, and then because you're kind of, because your very nature is against the law, you end up being in this criminal world or this, you know, espionage world you just get very used to being you, you just get very used to being um uh, surrounding yourself with secrets yeah because your whole life is a secret i mean what, what do you think carl well i suppose like you know i'm not very good at hiding it myself but um <laughs> i suppose your whole life is quite undercover then so hmm. it kind of makes seems to make sense that you could probably skulk around unnoticed if you spent most of your life trying to do that anyway yeah for who you really are at least you know probably got very good at playing a role so it makes sense to me yeah so being um, being an agent or a forger or just impersonating yeah. someone else i mean it's the whole kind of um kind of backstory yeah, yeah, of like, talented mr it. ripley yeah. and things like that isn't it exactly so i just yeah. finish i finish off with mark jones um from the british museum's um quote about him fortune of fakes that they were almost defined by by what they are not instead of being valued for what they are so actually a lot of his fakes are really in demand now which is just an interesting turn of events well yes and i heard that the like the guy who's kind of in charge of his who got left the back catalogue uh of all of his paintings and stuff after he died he's really worried that people are forging the forgeries now because they're they're worth money. 
<laughs> so fucked up, but I love it. Like <laughs> <laughs> small of mirrors of life. <laughs> but I kind of love that. You know, the overpriced world of the art world. I mean, I think I almost deserve it. Right. I mean, it, it, you're exactly right. It's like it's just lending itself to be taken the piss out of. Totally. <laughs> I, mean, I love a fabric. I love a fabric. Well, what, what was the question you gave me I, I, earlier, I, Tommy? Yes. Yeah, so, would you prefer oh, yeah. a, a, a bad fake or sorry, a good what was <laughs> a bad original, a good, a good original or a bad fake? Oh no! It no, was a it was a bad. It was a bad original or a good fake. What would you prefer? I mean, they both have camp credentials, don't they? Bad bad originals are camp, and good fakes are camp. So I'd have to see them next to each other. But I'm, I'm, initially, I would have gone for a good fake. I always go for a yeah. good fake. <laughs> don't we all? I think all of us would. <laughs> <Our whole life. laughs> Carl, please stay with us. We're going to have a little break where I play a little jingle uh, and then we'll come back after the break and we'll do a little interview with you and then we'll do Queens of Agony and stuff. Sound good? Yeah, sounds great. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. So we'll be back with Carl after this. Right, so we're back, and we're with Carl Harrison from Camp Fit. Hello. Hello. Also known as Calamity Jane. That's how I think of you. As yes, also Jane. known as Miss Calamity Jane. That's an Instagram handle I have. Um, now also going by Camp Fit with Carl. It's amazing the power of social media and how many bloody handles you have to have. <laughs> so, so how did Camp Fit come about? How did it come about? It came about... Partly because I I am a yoga teacher, like as a as another job that I do. And when lockdown happened, I thought, oh, I'll just teach yoga, and that'll be what I do. And then I just also was like, fuck, I really miss going to festivals. I miss going out. I miss like all of that stuff. And then I just started like I don't know. I think I saw that video of um, what's his name, Tony Britt, that was like doing the rounds. That you know, that gorgeous kind of a. He was like a sort of exercise guy for five minutes on the telly. He was a terrible teacher, but he was beautiful. So people just like watching him. Mm. And um, I just like, like the string best. I like the camp a bit. And I was like, maybe I should just do something that, more like that. Cause it feels like everyone is so kind of like, you know, the whole pandemic so depressing that just fucking get your tits out and do a little dance and show everybody a, like a nice time. And it, I didn't really expect it to, to do as well as it has been, I kind of just did it for my mates in Manchester as a laugh. And then I mean, it is really, like, it is like really it, so fun, and it does feel like you know you lighten you lighten that mood really, and make it uh, really engaging and fun. And the music is great. Yeah, I was watching one of your videos today, and you had uh, Olivia Newton John. Let's get physical. It was one of my favourite songs ever. <laughs> she is a regular Olivia Newton John. She like is the epitome of camp fit. Like fucking. Of weary. course. <laughs> <laughs> nothing and doing very less exercise um yeah so i mean that too i like it sort of gives you a feeling of kind of having a night out for like 40 minutes in your bedroom at 10 a.m you know it gives you an absolute excuse to just listen to all that guilty pleasures music that sometimes you feel like you can't 
And it's just like, no, this has actually got a purpose now because I do this exercise. <laughs> class, so I just spend it all day long listening to all these camp classics. So, you know, <laughs> I, I think I think yeah. with age, you you get rid of that guilt. You just want to listen to camp classics okay. all the time. <laughs> okay. Well, it's definitely lessened during lockdown. So. <laughs> <laughs> what strikes me about it is it feels really like you. You're um, very. You're very. Natural. How it started. Yeah. You're very natural um, when you're when you're performing or, or talking to the camera. Even though you know, I know what it's like to be talking just to a computer. And the other day, you were you 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 just kind of started, and I was still like trying to get myself ready. And I was over at my sink, f- filling up my glass of water, getting ready. And you said, oh, hello, Tom Marshman. And I literally turned round and just went, hello. <laughs> like, we're in the room. Like, like, I needed to acknowledge. Like, And I always do that with cash machines as well. I always say, thank you. <laughs> but it, just, it really feels like you are present somehow. That's very sweet. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I think at the start, I it's very odd at the start, I was really like, I used to just like race through it and I'd almost like write a script for myself because I thought, you know, it's a bit like there's any dead time, you're like, shit, fill it up, say stuff. And then, um, and now I've kind of relaxed into it. And now I'm, my favourite part of it is just watching people who tell everybody. Um, there's a brilliant woman on it whose name is Ange Drain. And I just am in love with the fact that oh, somebody called Ange Drain turns up every day. I feel like I know <laughs> um, Ange Drain. Sounds like, sounds like someone yeah. you would know, Tommy. I really like it as well because I've recommended it to a few people and then I see that they're there and then it just yeah. feels like you're doing it with yeah. your mates. So tell us what... Yeah, it, I, I, it, for me, like... like wasn't what, it featured as the best online exercise in the... Was it in The Guardian? It was in The Independent and, yeah, it, it made number one... I can't believe this happened, but it made number one lockdown... Uh, workout in the independent which was like a sort of lucky turn of events with somebody i know shared writes for the independent doing exactly that kind of like you know that when they do lists on things like 10 best hoovers 10 best workouts 10 best lists she's that person so she saw it and said very nicely that so much of exercise classes are quite sadistic and not fun they're a bit like you know it's about transforming your body or it's about you know get that Kim Kardashian arse and all those things we might all want, but not about having fun or, you know, just having a bit of a laugh along the way. So she liked it for that and she put it number one and then, which basically meant, I was like, right, that's, I'll be famous now. It basically meant like 20 p- extra people watched it the next day and then we went back to normal. <laughs> it was like a sort of short burst of fame and then it just was like, no, it's over. <laughs> well, we all have, we have all of three and a half people that listen to this podcast, so you might get an extra three. <laughs> Um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but you do always yeah, start with thing of like what is camp fit like it's it's getting in shape you're in or I didn't hate yeah. it but yeah the nice catchphrase for it is camp fit is the butchest way to stay in shape whatever shape you might be in without leaving your house so it's supposed to feel quite body positive that you don't need to be fit to do it I mean it's not that it's easy I find it quite hard Oh, do you find it hard, Tom? I mean, I'm I don't I don't actually sweat very much, and so it's really interesting to watch you, who is obviously much <laughs> much fitter than me, saying, "Oh, I'm really pouring with sweat," and I'm just like, I haven't sweat, but I'm I'm very um well, I'm de- very dyspraxic. I can't like I can't keep up with the steps, so I find that quite a, a challenge. But I think 
it's really good for me to do like to keep challenging myself in that way yeah um yeah i yeah. watched it this afternoon i watched your video today's video uh and you yeah. were you look lovely in green yeah. by the way um and uh I, it looks i think i would be i would <laughs> be sweating like a pig uh doing it but i'm gonna have a go because i i tell you what during lockdown i've tried yoga i keep falling over um i and i've i tried aerobics yeah. and i've been i've been enjoying aerobics but yours seems so much more fun and i and I, tommy's been telling me for weeks yeah, I mean, tommy's been telling me for weeks i should do it and i'm i'm a convert so i'm gonna start yeah i hope you like it i mean it can seem like there's quite a lot to learn at the start because it's it is like i am a dancer so there's a lot of dancing movement in it but um if you like it repeats itself a lot so you get like four goes at everything so. I was going to ask yeah, if you were a dancer because I could tell that they were dancing moves because I've done a bit of dance myself. Well, well I, I mean, I'm a lumbering elephant when it comes to dance, but you know, I could <laughs> I could recognise some live moves from you. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, I have a great time doing it. I sweat loads. I mean, the, the state of my bedroom floor at the end of it is like a puzzle, but um, it's kept me sane as well. Like people say a lot of nice things of like that it up, is uplifting for them, but. There seems to be like a nice core of people, Tommy being one of them, that come every week. And then I feel like somehow I've seen those people, even though I haven't at all, just by the, it says Tom Marshman is watching. I'm like, this is like our new normal of connection. <laughs> I'm like, that's basically me and Tom are in the same room. <laughs> it does feel like that. Yeah. And it feels like I'm just checking in with you regularly. I really you like... Get, you get your nipples out quite a lot. You, we get to see them. Yes, it because um, I'm shameless. There is a PayPal link and I'm broke. That's why. <laughs> is this your only fan site? Do you think your nipples should have their own PayPal? <laughs> I think they should. I think they should have their own uh, site. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe they need naming first. Maybe that's what you often talk about. about them. Do you say that they're brown, they're dark brown nipples? And yeah. Yeah. And they seem quite dark to me, like darker than a normal nipple. Well, I am one sixtieth Egyptian, you see. So that's that the, oh. the it's all contained in the nipple or my Egyptianness. The rest, that's my one sixteenth. I, <laughs> I used to have a drama teacher that her catchphrase was "a lovely terracotta nipples." <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you've got, Carl? That's what my PayPal link's going to be called now. I like Lovely that. terracotta nipple, nipples. Well, <laughs> yeah. have they got individual names? Because you've got some interesting names for your moves, which I noted down today. Yeah. There's a Gina G, yeah. a Tony Hancock. You don't even look old enough to know who Tony Hancock is. And a Victoria Wood. Tony and Victoria Wood, yeah. So each week, the star jump, the classic aerobics move of the star jump, I name it after a star of the week, and it was Victoria Wood's birthday on Tuesday, so she was the star of the week. So each week that changes. We always do ah, star jumping. Okay. I do another LGBT, well, not that you're specifically LGBT, but it feels a bit like that. But I do yeah, a Bristol one on a Monday, and there's lots of star jumps um, in that class, and I wonder where, where there's an intersectional crossover between the star jump and the LGBT community, where they meet. <laughs> Guess <laughs> the fact that we're all stars. <laughs> totally. <laughs> well, not everybody can jump. Yeah, I, I name the move silly names like the facey dooley. This is the list of the ones this week. It's right in front of me because basically I have there's a lot to do when you do camp fit. So I have a prompt. Show me the information. I have a prompt for myself that I can see. 
while I'm teaching so that in case I forget what's going on, I can just revert back to it. So these are the names of the week. We've got Facey Dooley, Six <laughs> Education, the Gina G up, the Gina G down, the Butternut Tit Squash, Lisa Left Eye, the Butternut Tit Squash, the Butternut Tit Squash, Victoria Wood and Mike Dyson. So silly names. I, I, this actually came from I taught a kid dance and he couldn't remember anything. He had a very academic brain. But if we named everything, he would remember what it was because he was better with words than movement. And so that was sort of birthed there. And now I've just translated it into gay hell. So here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. It's like your own Polare. There was, you one, are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was one that was called something about Joe Wicks, but I never actually managed to catch it because you'd, you'd say it, but you were further back. Sometimes when you're further back in the room, I could. Yeah, but it was a Joe Wicks one. I must, I've always got to strike that balance of letting my lower leg be seen and being loud enough. It's a very mm-hmm. difficult line to tread. It was called Lick Joe Wicks, that movie. Lick. Okay, <laughs> Lick Joe Wicks, yeah. <laughs> well, isn't no, that how you important. you describe yourself? Jane Fonda meets Joe Wicks. Yeah, with uh, less hair and more teeth. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And it's a different description every day. And terracotta yeah, nipples. Well, Janet Jackson meets Janet Street Porter. That's another one. Um, <laughs> Jane Fonda meets Jane McDonald is my personal favourite. But the, the Independent <laughs> ran with um, Jane Fonda meets Joe Wicks because I think that that's probably closest to what it is. Like it's sort of campy aerobics but a little bit of the kind of hit training that people do these days but the point of it is just to have a good time he says opening his second beer of the evening uh, i think that um someone to watch over lockdown would be jane mcdonald i haven't checked in but i imagine that she's she would be quite entertaining at this juncture yeah is she, she quarantined on a boat somewhere <laughs> i watched 10 minutes of that and she basically went into a hotel room spent 10 minutes of it talking about where the plugs were in relation to where the bed was it was so dull but somehow utterly engrossing she's like well the plugs are over there so you're looking at you probably want a long way for your iphone charger if you really gone to want to have a good night's sleep and use that as your alarm but all in all the plugs are quite strong and i was like what is this is it not pelly but also just completely gripped <laughs> tell me more about the plugs jane yeah, it's such a skill when people are able to illuminate something that's so dull, but you just so <laughs> like I love that. Yeah, yeah. Well, talking of that, should we do some Queens of Agony questions? Um, but before we yeah, do well, that, well, um, well, we have listeners that send right. us questions, Carl, and yeah. problems, and we answer yeah. them. I, God knows why they want our advice, but they do for some reason <laughs> and um but before before we do that how can people join in with uh camp fit oh yeah the plug um that was a nice connection to jay mcdonald's plugs um <laughs> you can join in basically by going on if you type in camp fit uh into google the first thing that comes up is the facebook page for camp fit and uh if you follow that, that page or like that page you'll get notified when I go live, which is Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays at 10 a.m. and Saturday at 12 p.m. So it's four times a week. Each week is different. We start as well. You can win a prize. Somebody's won some barium nail varnish and another person won a string vest. So expensively shit prizes. But yeah, so if you follow the Facebook, that's kind of where most of Camp Fit happens. So the Facebook is the, the kind of springboard for it all. But there's also an Instagram both Instagram and Facebook are at Camp Fit with Carl. So if you type that into Facebook or Instagram, you'll find the pages. 
Brilliant. Head over. Okay, great. Well, <laughs> let's do some Queens of Agony. I'm just going to do a big gong. Right. What have I got for you this week? We've got four <laughs> questions to get through. I've got quite a long one first. Uh, dear Queens of Agony, hello, Tommy and Bernie and Carl. Obviously, they didn't know you were going to be here. I would like to hear your advice on my problem. I'm an older gay guy, mid-50s. A while back, 17 months ago, I came out of a long-term relationship of over 20 years. Last year, I met a young guy who was 40. He was very keen despite our age difference of 14 years. I really didn't want to get involved with another relationship so soon, but found myself falling for him, and it was clear that he was feeling the same for me. He was the one who was pushing for the relationship. He kept saying that we would talk about our next step. He was cautious because he'd had a lot of baggage in his life and was nervous. I didn't pursue this. Anyway, things changed after about eight weeks. He seemed to go off the boil. His texts weren't as keen and sensed he was pulling back. He cancelled our date, saying that he had to work, and I told him that we should end things. He said he was shocked at this, and this really threw me, as I thought he was pulling back, and I was doing him a favour. Anyway, we didn't have contact for a while, and I asked him to meet me to talk, and we did. He said we should meet as friends. During the meeting, we didn't really talk that much about us. He's messaged me a few times after that, And then the last time he messaged me, I didn't reply, as I thought I should just cut him loose. I haven't heard from him since. But I can't stop thinking about him. It's been seven months now. I think there's unfinished business between us, but I don't want to risk getting hurt again. I want to know how to get him out of my head. I feel ridiculous at my age going through this. Thanks. Wow. There you go, Tommy. You had a long letter. I know, I do like a long letter. Um, well, what comes through from that letter to me is like that last, those last couple of sentences, really. That's all and you were I listening know. to, wasn't it? Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> you just throwing out the wine. <laughs> um, no, because I know, where he, I know where he's coming from, where you feel like, you know, you're, you're older, you've got things sorted in many ways, and then suddenly you be- you're behaving really irrational about someone. Mm. And it makes you feel stupid and pathetic and stuff. And it's just, like, it's what everyone, like, it makes us human, really. I think it's not, he shouldn't feel bad about it. it like, I feel like it's best to be, like, honest, and, and, I, and I think that can be painful, but it feels like there doesn't seem much of a future in this, particular relationship but maybe what he's he's missing is like he's in a period of like lockdown and there's not much going on and so he's sort of probably thinking a lot about like he's dwelling too much on this past thing and maybe if if we can move out of that and focus on something else then he will come out of it and feel and forget about it Mm. what do you think carl it's a tricky one because like the person he's talking about sounds like he's giving very confusing signals, like being incredibly keen and then really going off the boil. And he himself was not a child. I know he's younger than him, but he's not, he's not, you know, he's not a teenager. Strange in the story was that he didn't, neither of them had an actual chat about how they were feeling. They both kind of just sort of sauntered around and let it die. As opposed to, he didn't say to him, look, you're, 
sending me confusing signals, what's going on? Da, 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 I'm 14 years old and you were both adults, let's talk. Which I know, like, I, I do it myself. It's really hard to kind of have them chats, even as a grown person in relationship. But it, it seemed to me like he doesn't have closure because he hasn't had the chat. I think there's... And he, like, that guy appeared and he didn't actually ask him what's really going on, even if it was something hard to hear, at least he would know where he was. Mm. Yeah, I th- when someone gives you confusing signals, you are waiting for the other thing. You're like, if someone goes, "Yeah, come and have it," and then they go, "Go away." You kind of go, "Oh, maybe they'll go back to come and have it again," but they don't. <laughs> I completely agree with you, but also I feel like I feel like the the, the writer in era, as I like to call them, um, as he almost scuppered this relationship himself. <laughs> Because of the lack of communication, I think it fe- sounds like he made a lot of assumptions about the other guy and then suddenly broke it off without even actually talking about yeah. it. It uh, did feel quite a rash thing to say, let's break it off at that, at that juncture, admittedly, yeah. Especially so if it, the other guy was surprised at that as well. And I wonder if it's a symptom of being in that long-term relationship and not actually being in the dating pool again and you having you you expecting certain kinds of behavior from someone and yeah. them not realizing that they uh, that they're meant to behave that way and then you making huge assumptions about them not behaving in a certain way and so they obviously don't like you so I'm going to end it now yes i mean it was interesting that the first thing he said was the age gap it looked like he went into it going there's a big age gap so this will fail yeah but i think i mean um, gosh like it, yeah he, 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 can we just the age gap again? So it's forty and fifty-four, or something like that. Yeah, so it's fourteen yeah. years. But the, I'm, I, but the thing is, is I think once you're over forty, I mean, that, old, that, that's not much of an age gap, to be honest. I mean, I've exactly. had I mean, way bigger age gaps. <laughs> yeah. um, I feel like he should have just asked him at that point when he kind of ran away from it. But I mean, that's that's useful because that didn't happen. So um, I guess. Yes, I would say to him either like closure such a shit word but like either contact him and say like what happened because I'm sure that that guy was like well I thought it was on and then you went goodbye yeah I'm sure like I'd love to hear what he has to say yeah it feels like we're getting a one one-sided of this so I'm trying to be devil's advocate and seeing the other side and for me it feels like this person's made hard, huge though. assumptions and 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 then just cut it off because they feel insecure because they are new on the dating scene and and I completely understand that I've done that myself. Yeah. But if he still yeah. likes this guy, I think he should contact him and just be honest with him and then let them both have an honest conversation about what happened, how they were both feeling, and if there is anything there to salvage. And if there isn't, then you can move on. Alternatively. Yeah, <laughs> go on. Well, this is what I would do in that situation. I would perform some kind of like, you know, I I, I am a bit of a witch at heart. Yes. And I would perform some kind of ritual where like I might burn something like a letter of his or just like do a kind of deep cleanse and get him out of your system. If if he just wants to get him out of his system, but it feels well, like yeah. he doesn't. I've burned, le- I've, burned le- I've burned letters and cards from exes when I just like been feel like I've been thinking about them too much, and and I felt like just the fact that I was actually acknowledging that I needed to do that felt like it was it it, it was a step in the right direction. 
that that i mean a ritualistic thing like that can give you closure i mean i know you've got that yeah. little voodoo doll of me and you stick pins in it because i get the pain all the time but <laughs> um, they're not pins, uh, i feed it white wine <laughs> oh that's why i feel drunk all the time <laughs> <laughs> a little pinot voodoo doll <laughs> um carl do you have any rituals that you do at the end of a relationship to get over a guy yeah go and shag someone else totally that's that's always my <laughs> ritual it's like if you want to get over someone go and sleep with someone else if you can <laughs> what, yeah. what i like about uh, carl's exercise classes you often yeah. say carl you know what you you say welcome back you know to some of you that may have visited my bedroom before or something and so, <laughs> I've, I've, I've scrolled um, yeah, through yeah, the yeah, list of people and thought i wonder who he's actually referring to <laughs> <laughs> maybe next week's competition will get me into my bedroom before um <laughs> what do i do often what happens to me is i, I think i'm fine for ages and then like six months after the whole thing has ended i will then allow myself to start dealing with it immediately i think i'll go quite like a normal like really annoyingly blokey and go like oh i'm totally fine whatever da, da, da. and then like much later on it will hit me what's actually yeah. happened so you process that later on party. I'm like, i love being single and then you know when you have that one night in where you don't drink and then you just fucking pull your eyes out and be like oh shit yeah. <laughs> yeah but uh, i mean for this guy i think at any age you can you can feel like this about anyone doesn't matter what your age is yeah, and, yeah. and obviously it fe- feels like there was something there you don't need to feel stupid about this and yeah if you want to try and salvage it try and salvage it but you need to be honest and communicate with each other uh and if you don't then either shag somebody else or do a <laughs> ritual yeah, you're right. about them. also separate it from the age thing because i don't think that's helping yeah exactly no. i mean uh, you know I, th- I i think yeah that was another thing that was in his head there was too much of the age thing whereas i wouldn't have worried about if anyone's over 30 i don't really think about age and i'm 50 so there you go yeah. <laughs> right there you go. shall we move uh, on yes okay move on dear old queens and carl obviously Recently, I no, came. I'm in the I'm over oh, but that's not old. Okay, you can be an old queen if you want to. Uh, okay, dear old queens, I recently came out as bi to a friend, and now we're still as close as always. He treats me the exact same way. But last night, when we worked out together, maybe he was doing your uh, camp fit class, I don't know, for the first time in a I bit. So. <laughs> he said to me twice uh, throughout the workout, damn, your ass has got fatter. And then later he said, your ass has definitely got fatter. He is also much more touchy-feely than usual, and our pet name for each other is Swolly, short for Swole Mates. He's married and straight. Should I think nothing of this? We have dinner plans together this weekend what do you reckon so i guess he's asking if if his friend fancies him yeah when you say like is your your ass has got fatter is that like a compliment well i i I mean i guess if it's more pert yeah i think in this modern kardashian body ideal yes i think it's a compliment these days Mm. Mm. 
Oh, um, do you not get that? Tommy? But it's also just a bit double double comment on it. Seems like you're like I said it once. I'm gonna say it again. Your ass has got better. Yeah, like, yeah. Because the way maybe it was just the way that Bernie read it, but it did sound like a compliment to me. I thought it was a compliment. That's how I read it. <laughs> um, <laughs> big is beautiful, right? Oh. Um, <laughs> So what do we record? I think if he was slapping his ass and saying it at the same time, I think there's definitely something there. But maybe he's just being friendly and and keeping it real and wants him to feel comfortable around him. I think there's something around the fact that he's probably, uh, the friend is probably thinking, oh, now this is just another opportunity to flirt with someone else that's a friend. Like it doesn't necessarily mean that he's actually going to come up with the... You know, like he hasn't said what he, what he wants to do with his friend, but like I wouldn't count on the fact that it's going to be like, like any flirtation. No. Yeah. Do you think the friend wants it to happen enough that they're like overreading? You know, like when you do fancy someone, you're like really heightened to anything they say. Mm. When they're like, "Good morning," you're like, oh, "What does that mean?" <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. He wouldn't even be thinking about this if he didn't actually fancy his friend, right? Yeah. I also am very intrigued about where the hell they've got dinner plans during lockdown. <laughs> well, but I don't know. Maybe they live together. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, we our, our audience is all over, so it could be in a place where lockdown is not um, like not a different sure. country. Not we've sure. we've got people all over the world that listen to this. So, um, yeah, so it could be... Uh, <laughs> Like, I don't know, KFC? Yeah, it's a lovely place for dinner. <laughs> you know, get a bargain bucket and a sit drive in the park. Through. A drive through. <laughs> yeah. Uh, homeless bucket and a bottle of wine. Where you go? Well, it's true. It's two straight guys. Well, one bi guy and one straight-ish guy, I guess. Who yeah. knows? I reckon... I mean, I'm intrigued by it. I kind of want them to sort of just keep pushing whatever it is and keep hearing what the developments are. Yeah, maybe. I mean, so, sometimes we do get a follow-up letter, so I'll, I'll I'll keep my eyes peeled for that. But um, I don't know if if yeah, you fancy this guy and he's kind of like being more touchy feely, and you get a bit drunk at dinner, then just snog him or something. I don't know. Well, no, I wouldn't go that far, but maybe <laughs> you, you could comment on his side as well. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, not. Don't go straight for the snog, but you know, if it's if it's building up to that, just do it. I would just say to him, why do you keep commenting on the size of my ass? Yeah. Do you think that's too confrontational? Or um, do you like my ass? In that point, yeah. Do you like a bigger ass? Do you do you yeah. like my big fat ass? Yes. That's it. That's the advice. Yeah, because we just did queening, which was um, when you sit on someone's face. Yeah. <laughs> that called queening? Apparently so. Yeah, we do a game called Kink, Kink My Bluff at this- the beginning of the show where we do a word which is either a kink or a bluff, and that was one of the kinks. And that's real. Queening. Queening, yeah. I mean, I love a bit of queening. Quite a good card game, wouldn't it? Yeah. Maybe we should invent that, Tommy. We should brand it. What that old queen's queening? We could Uh, broadcast sitting on someone's face. (laughs) I'd do that every week. And then ask them questions. (laughs) (laughs) You can't tell what's going down here. (laughs) exactly (laughs) i've got people who pay good money for me to sit on their face anyway let's move on dear old queens is it possible to miss a guy you've only spent time with once 
then he's put 40 to 44. And I don't know whether that's how many minutes they've spent together or whether that's their ages. Anyway, I met this really great guy and we had a great time together and we were supposed to talk again the next day and it didn't happen. I was looking forward to it so much, kept checking my messages. I hope he's still interested. I hope we get to talk again. I hope he's okay. Should I send him another message? What's your How reference? many has he sent? One. I don't think he sent any. Yeah, then, yeah. Uh, I think they... Uh, hang on. I was actually just thinking, is it possible to miss someone that you've only ever met online? Maybe. Like, because if you do these things in the morning with the Zoom calls and there's like often between 20 to 30 people and then this guy just stopped coming and I, and I missed him. Oh. Did you fancy him? I did, yeah. Do you know well, who he oh. is? Yes, I'm friends with him on Facebook, so I did message him today. That is not from me. It's slightly different. I don't want to take over this person's problem. <laughs> but it seems like that. It sounds similar. <laughs> I think it is yeah, possible. Like, yeah, it's totally possible. Yeah. yeah I, it's funny. I would I definitely Sometimes you meet someone and they have a really profound effect on you and you meet them for, you know, half an hour. So yes, I think you can miss someone. But the thing is he obviously that, is if he's asking. So what might be the case is you've loaded too much stuff onto that person, so you've made up a narrative about what they're like. Mm. Yeah. And that is quite it's quite oh. easy to do when you're just meeting someone online and you don't really know them and you're not seeing them in the flesh, isn't it? Mm. But I guess if they've only met very briefly and chatted and he wants to know more, then message him and be honest. And then you'll know yeah. either way, won't you? It'll be like, if he doesn't message back, then, you know. Yeah. Seems like the theme is communication. Just like find out. Yeah, just just communicate with, with each other, you guys. What's wrong with you? <laughs> the theme is here for a reason, you know. Yeah. Um, but I guess, yeah, it is difficult to know. And also, it's quite scary putting your heart on your sleeve a bit sometimes, isn't it? Because you don't want to get yeah, hurt. Really. But if you don't take a risk, you're not, you're never going to know. Yeah, but sometimes if you've never done it, like the first thing time you sort of do do that reach out and you do get a rejection. Once you know what it is, it's okay. But it's quite devastating the first time yeah. that it happens. So I feel like I do understand why, you know, you kind of spend ages in your own head before you actually do anything about it. Yeah, yeah, we've all done it. We've all been there. You know, yeah, I think it was in the reality. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, if you don't do it, you're, you're always going to wonder what if, yeah. aren't you? So I think or you have to. Take, yeah, just pretend that it is happening. Tell everybody that you're going out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nobody's going to know any better during lockdown. <laughs> I mean, I'd just love to give advice exactly. like that, really. <laughs> 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 just pretend just pretend just live in this fantasy world where you are going you out might even be able to convince yourself <laughs> yeah well look law of attraction says you know if you believe it it will happen so you know why not yeah i think we should move on before the worst three people <laughs> i think so i might have to heavily edit this episode <laughs> <laughs> anyway <laughs> dear old queens oh now th this is this is one more this this one's for you carl i think uh dear yeah. old queens i'm embarrassed that i have a tank top fetish how can i deal with this oh. ever since i was a little kid i'd love seeing men wearing tank tops 
vests, especially A-shirts by Haynes that showed off all the definition of a man's arms. My fetish has gotten so bad that I usually wear vests and tank tops while I jerk off because I love the feeling of my arms sticking out through my shirt. But I also feel so embarrassed by this fetish. There's just something about tank tops that make a man so appealing. <laughs> and I don't know how to temper my attraction to it. Well, I'm, uh, maybe it does mean tank tops, not vests. Wow. I assumed it was vests, but it's not. It's tank tops, isn't it? Which are like a jumper without any arms. A knitted ones. Yeah. My advice would be watch Camp Fit or, <laughs> you know, hypnosis back to the child and find out where that started but if it doesn't seem like a problem to me it seems perfectly healthy i mean as fetishes go i think that's pretty mild to be honest yeah. uh, what do you think I, tommy i think it's not a problem yeah i think like i think you could put that out there and uh, i'm sure there's lots of people that would feel the same way yeah i mean i, I don't think you need to temper this at all just enjoy it relish it the I, thing the thing is is that a lot of stuff with fetishes and kinks is that a lot of the turn on is you think it's um, out of the ordinary or naughty, and that's what the turn on is. But if you actually kind of accept that this is how you feel about this thing and kind of revel in it and enjoy it, then maybe you won't have it as much. So maybe we should say, oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> 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 I mean, it's really you disgusting. <laughs> Never write to us ever again. Herbert, <laughs> uh, the mean, How dare you? How dare you mention tank tops? Filthy man. <laughs> um, have you ever heard kink, kink My Bluff? Some of the fetishes we have on there are crazy. I don't think tank tops are amongst those. Although I might look up the word for that. Name for it. Yeah. Maybe we'll do that next week. I think it's perfectly normal. And if it turns you on, it turns you on and just enjoy it. Yeah, totally. And there's loads of places you can go, especially in the heat, if you want to see a lot of people in tank tops. So this is prime time for tank top fetishes. Totally. I quite like a tank top myself. Summer. I, I wouldn't say I have a fetish, but I quite like them. What about you, Tommy? Well, that guy will. He'll confine in you. <laughs> Let's hope so. I mean, I'm, after lockdown, I mean, I'm pretty rampant, so it's not going to take much. Tommy, what about you? You got a tank top fetish? No, I don't have a tank top fetish. Any particular clothing type of fetish? Hard hat. I like a hard hat. <laughs> who, who doesn't like a hard hat? Yeah. Um, what about I you, like Carl? A I like a kilt. Oh, yeah. I think I've got a fetish for all of these things. Especially yeah. at the moment. Everything seems to turn <laughs> yeah. me on. Climbing the wall. Exactly. It's like, what is this going to be over? Um, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I have to go and get ready for this other thing. So can I bid you both farewell? You can you can bid us both farewell and say goodbye because it's the end of our show anyway. So, um, so oh, okay. goodbye, Carl. Thank you so much for being on. And uh, check out Camp Fit. It's been a lovely guest. Yes. Lovely. I've had an absolute ball. What a joy this is. I'll be tuning in now, I know. Yeah, please do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tommy, say goodbye to our lovely listeners. Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Bye. And we'll we will see you next time on What That Old Queen.
you've been listening to What? That Old Queen? Written and presented by Tom Marshman and Bernie Hodges. The show was produced by Bernie Hodges in lockdown 2020 for Hodge Podcasting. If you'd like to sponsor a show, or you'd just like to be a guest, or you have a question for the Old Queens, you can email on hello at thatoldqueen.com or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.